Welcome to the Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. Seed only grows on fertile ground. Everybody say that with me. Seed grows on fertile ground. Do you know that you could actually plant seeds? I'm going to get to the scripture, but this is my intro. You could actually plant seeds of the word of God, and it's not in fertile ground, and it won't produce fruit. That's spiritually. But how many farmers do we have here? How many people are gardening, love gardening? You will know that you have to have the ground set right. You just can't throw the seed on there when there's weeds and expect it to grow. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm preaching good in the morning now. Right? This is just my intro, okay? You have to plow the ground. Get that little thing that, that scrapes it all out. You have to get dirty, dig all that stuff out, make it smooth, let the, and you water it. Then you plant a seed, and then you cover it. You can't just plant seed anywhere. Now, why do I say that? Because I say this in love. Some of us, we genuinely love God, but we don't understand why we're not growing. Because... The type of ground that we have have not been dealt with. And the seed, according to Jesus, I'm going to read it. It's a long read, but thank God it's going to be just two or three scriptures I'm going to do all morning because it's going to be from this. And it's from the Gospel of Mark. Jesus describes four types of grounds, and I'm going to go deep into it. I've said it before in passing, but I promise you, I felt led from the Lord as we go into 2023. Here's what the Lord told me. Identify the ground that you and your flock are in so that you could go into 2023, listen, on good ground. Which is how I revealed one of them, but it's okay. We're, gonna all, we're all going to read it. All right, let's go to Mark chapter 4. So you understand now the, the intro, the foundation. Think of ground as the condition of your heart and mind right now. What type of ground are you? Are you hard ground? Are you fertile ground? Are you, are you sinking sand ground? The other day, I was singing this old hymn, and this is what this sermon came out. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. So that means there's only one ground. Mm. Watch this. Now, this is going to be a long read this morning, so just be with me, right? We're going to have a good old-fashioned Bible study. We're going to read together. How many love the Word? How many love the Bible? Okay. Mark chapter 4 is on your screen. Look at it in your iPod, I mean, sorry, iPads or phone, whatever. Here it goes. Chapter 1, verse 11, then we're going to jump down to 13. Again, it's a long read, but I have to read this so that you can understand the whole sermon, because the whole sermon is going to come out of this text. All right? Here we go. And again, Jesus began to teach. Come on, listen to me. As you, uh, lean in. Be hungry this morning. He began to teach by the sea. And a great multitude was gathered to Jesus so that he got into a boat and sat into the, into the sea. I'm going to read it a little quickly so you could, we could get to the main part. The whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. Then Jesus taught them many things by parables and said to them his teaching, listen, listen. This is a key. Behold, a sower went out. First is the parable. Then he's going to explain it. And it happened as he sowed. Everybody say sowed. That some seed, everybody say seed, fell by the wayside. Everybody say wayside. Underline wayside. This is important. Some seeds landed by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some seed fell on stony ground. Everybody highlight, underline stony ground in your Bibles. Where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. 
But when the sun was up, it was scorched. What was scorched? The seed that was sown. And because it had no root, my God, I'm going to preach here. It withered away. Because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns. Everybody highlight and underline thorns. This is another type of ground. This is a foreshadow. And the thorns grew up and choked the seed. And it yielded no crop. And I feel the Spirit of God here. But the other seed fell on good ground. Everybody highlight good ground. Highlight good ground. And it yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced some 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. He said to them, he who he, uh, has ears to hear, let him hear. But when he was alone, to those, he said, uh, he said to them, to you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, all things are, parable, all things are in parables. Now watch this. We're going to jump to verse 13. I know it's a long read. I promise you, I'm not going to read that much after this. I want you to get context. He's saying a parable about the sower and the seeds. He describes four types of grounds. Then the disciples come to him and said, um, Jesus, can we talk to you for a quick second? Yeah, what's up? Uh, what did you mean by that? I have no clue what you just said about birds and thorns and all that stuff. Watch this. I want you to get this because I've studied the Bible a lot, and I've studied parables. I've never seen Jesus say anything like this. What I'm about to read about any parable. Are you ready? Are you ready for this? Zoom in because it's important. Verse 13. Watch this. And he said to them, listen to this. Do you not understand this parable? Watch this. How then will you understand all parables? My goodness. He's saying, if you don't understand this principle, we could just stop right now because you're not going to understand anything else I'm going to say. He said, if you don't understand this parable of the sower, this is important. Jesus said it. Now, Pastor George, you won't understand. How can you understand all parables? Now, that should alert you to say, hmm, I need to listen a little closer. Right? Watch this. Verse 14. Here is where my sermon is going to come in, the, in these texts. Jesus now describes four grounds, and I'm going to go deep into each of the ground. Verse 14. The sower sows the word. So guess what? Who's the sower this morning? Pastor George Sotolongo this morning. Sometimes it's, the, it's your, your Bible reading and it's Holy Spirit, right? Sometimes it's a podcast. Sometimes it's YouTube. Sometimes it's a preacher. But somebody is always sowing the word or should be. You be sowing the word to yourself or somebody is sowing the word and you're listening to it. So watch this. Verse 14, the sower sows the word. So my job is to sow the seed. Watch this. And there are the ones by the wayside. Remember wayside, where the, where the word is sown, when they hear, I want you to see something, because I saw this revelation years ago. All of these grounds that I'm about to describe heard the word. It's not like one of them was special and heard the word more. No, they all heard the word. They just, certain grounds decided to do something with the word. Some other grounds decided not to do something with the word. Watch, watch this. And those that were by the wayside, please hear this, because some of you, I love you, but you are, you're a wayside ground. When they heard the word... Immediately, Satan comes in and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Verse 16. I'm going to preach about it in a second. Likewise, the ones that were sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word, do you see that they also heard the word? Immediately receive it with gladness. It means, wow, this one is good. The word is good. They actually receive it. And they have no root in themselves. Oh, my goodness. And only, watch this, endure for a short time. Afterwards, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately 
the stony ground people stumble. Verse 18. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. The seed landed on thorns. Or, or uh, Yes. They are the ones who, again, hear the word. Everybody say, hear the word. Now watch this. this is, I'm going to get revelation of this. I've never preached on this part before. And the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of sin, and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. When I used to preach this years ago, I used to just say, oh, worldly lifestyle. But God says, yeah, that's part of it. But there's, so, there's actually three spiritual ingredients that make up a thorny ground that I'm going to share today in my message. But these are the ones sown on good ground, if I say good ground, who hear the word, here's the key, here's the key, accept the word. How many know that sometimes the word is hard to accept even though you know it's the word? Come on, am I talking to myself? How many know that sometimes... Hearing the word is different than accepting the word. Come on, don't come on, don't come on. Because sometimes accepting the word means you got to do something difficult that your pride does not want to do. That means your the word is striking your heart to go to someone that you don't like and get right with them, at least reconcile with them. Or it may be leaving someone that you've known for years, but it's causing you to go backsliding. Hearing the word is not enough. He says, those who hear it, accept it. In other words, this stings a little bit, but I'm still going to do your word. Those are the only ones that bear fruit, some 30, 60, and 100 fold. So the 25% of the people are the good ground people. Now, today I'm going to talk about symbolically the four types of grounds and call them Christian's grounds. So I'm going to talk about the wayside ground first. Wayside ground Christian. Put that up there. So the wayside ground Christian, right? The wayside, the Bible, again, you can still, still look up the whole, the whole sermon here, right, through your Bibles. What is a wayside Christian? A wayside Christian are people that, and I say this uh, because some of us are here, right? My duty is to preach the whole truth, right? And I, and I say this in love, but the wayside Christians in America or in the world, they hear the word, and, the, and, and as soon as they leave church, they totally act as if they never heard the word. These type, of, these type of Christians, though God loves them, they never bear any fruit of long-lasting righteousness or obedience. All they do is go to church and hear the word. And immediately the Bible says that the seed is taken away from them. They get an argument in the car and they totally forget everything that, that was sp spoken to them. They go back to the house and totally forget to apply everything that God, come on, I'm preaching this morning. And have you, ever, have you ever seen someone that heard the word and then acted as if they never heard the word that same day? I'm not talking about six months later. I'm not talking about a year later. I'm talking about you heard the word. You say, amen, God, this is good. Oh, man, I need, oh, I need that. Oh, I need that. God is good. Preach, preacher. You go out there, you get in a restaurant, so, so the preacher's talking about character and integrity, and you get me, and you're like, well, that's good, oh, that's deep. And all of a sudden, you go out, and you get into a massive argument with the waiter, or you, you just blow off steam. And watch this, a wayside Christian never grows. They stay in the same level. And I say that in love. And, and I call, and this is, this is biblical, Jesus had the multitudes. Those are the multitudes. The multitude was kind of like, hey, that's pretty cool. Look at how he walked on water. Hey, how does he do that? I want to show up to the next. Oh, he's, so, he's passing out fish and bread sandwiches. <laughs> hey, over there, let's go. It's free. Come on, let's go. Oh, fish sandwich. Right? 
And then one time they went to the other side. He said, you just here because I passed out the fish sandwiches. That's what he said. Not because you want to see me. Those are the multitudes. Can I be honest with you? This is going to be deep. It was the multitudes that crucified Jesus. It was the multitudes that said, that was deep. But when things got tough, crucify him. The crowd said that. Don't be a wayside Christian. A wayside Christian comes to church and has no evidence of a godly lifestyle. I have news for you. Coming to church doesn't make you saved or walk with, or does it make you walk in godliness? A lot of times we put our checkbox and say, you know what, babe, our family, we need to go to church. Great. Go to church. Hear the word. Let it strike you. Let it convict you. Don't grow a hard heart and a dull heart to say, I already know that. Some of the toughest people to reach are either people that uh, have no relationship with God and are, have hardened their heart and God will, will get them. Or people that have been saved for a long time and they just settle for a certain level. I already know that. Guys, it's time for ground to be adjusted. Today, identify the ground that you're in. And make some adjustments. It's okay if you're in the way ground right now. It's just okay if you're not okay with it. You're in the wayside ground. You hear the word. Or, if I just be honest, hey, what did the pastor preach on? I, I don't know. You know why? Sometimes because the wayside person, I'm just going to say it. Because of the condition of their heart, they don't know how to stand still. And here. You know, I sometimes tell, and I'll say this in front of, you know, Tiffany's not here because the uh, baby's sick and some others are not here. But I always ask my boys, what do they teach on? Because I want to check. I'm checking if Rudy is teaching the word. I'm, I'm, I'm going to check on people. Hey, what did they teach? What did, did they teach you something or what did you learn? And I ask them to tell me back. What did, they, what did they preach? Oh, Lewis gave his testimony. See, I check. I check. Wayside ground is people that only hear the word but don't even last a day. Do, do you look like a Christian after church? Do you sound like a Christian after your church service, after you hear the word? Here's the second ground. Here's the second ground, right? Watch this. Here's the second ground. Stony ground. Now, this, the two grounds, I'm going to get really deep here. It's not stone Christian, stony ground. All right? Not stone. Stony. All right? Another word for stony ground or soil are, and I'm going to get to it, are rocks in your soil. You can't grow anything in a garden if you have a lot of rocks surrounding the ground. You could throw a seed in there, but it will suffocate it. Now watch this, and Harvest, you're going to love this because I'm going to get deep. These are the people, the stony ground people, some of you are in here, that's level two, right? You actually hear the word, and the Bible says they receive it with gladness. They actually say, they actually talk about it. Hey, that was really good. Hey, did you, did you hear the word? Oh, or I read something the other day. That was awesome. That was good. That was so deep. I think the church is fascinated with deep stuff and not allowing the deep stuff to change them. <laughs> we, we post deep stuff. Oh, that is deep. But are you allowing it to go deep in your heart, germinate to bear fruit of righteousness? Now, now watch this. The stone ground people, they actually receive it with gladness. Watch this. But they only endure for a short time. That's what Jesus said, not Pastor George. They endure for a short time. I'm going to give you a revelation, and they give up easily. Why? Because the stony ground Christian, they get burned out. They fall off quickly because the Bible says, now here's the key. They have no root in themselves. Have you ever wondered what that is? 
I've never really expounded on that. They have no roots in themselves, and so they, they endure for a short time. This is the key to everything about stony ground. Jesus described the stony ground Christian as a, as a people that have rocks in their soil, and because of the, the rocks in their soil, what happens is they only endure for a short time. The Bible says, he who endures to the end shall be saved. I know deep in your heart, you don't want to just endure in your Christian walk for a short time. But there's a reason that we do. You know why? Because it says there's no root in themselves. Now, what is root in themselves? And you, some of you guys are going to like this. I'm going to add two what I call r- deep roots that identify what's needed for you to sustain and the stony ground and, and ad- address that. Number one is a root of deep foundational doctrine. Me and Harvest talk about that all the time. We got some people that are very zealous in the Lord, and they want to start things, and they don't have foundational teaching at all. And they get into zealousness, and they get zeal, but they have no word. They have no foundation. So they, so I, I, and, and here's the thing. And it's important that some of you wait so that you could have the word deep inside. It's a doctrine, doctrine of justification, of grace. De- get deep in the Bible to understand when condemnation comes your way, you have enough word in you. That you can say, this is not from God. That when you are feeling shameful, that you have enough word inside of you to say, no, something inside of me does not click from what I'm feeling. When you want to stay home and you're depressed, the word of God says, rise up. This is the voice of the enemy. Lies are only sound truthful when it's masked as truth by the enemy. So my people perish because of lack of knowledge. That's the first root. The first root is a foundational scripture. And, and listen, you have, to sit, you have to have these foundational scriptures. The second one, the second root is foundational inner healing. Remember, Jesus said they have no root in themselves, so they endure for a short time. So the people that endure for a short time, number one, don't, don't have a lot of foundation scripturally. Trust me, you know that, that scripture, we walk by faith, not by sight? Man, they could put my face on that scripture. Because many times I don't feel anything, and it's the word of God that drives me. It drives me. I was driving the other day, and I, t- I told this to my wife yesterday, and I hardly hear this from the Lord. And I heard the Lord say, I know that you love me. And I, that was sudden. I'm like, you know, I'm not, I'm not Peter, Lord. I'm not denying you here. He didn't say, do you love me? He said, I know you love me. It was like, it was like. And I was not feeling anything that day. And suddenly I heard the Lord, the Holy Spirit says, son, I know that you love me. And I'm driving and I said, okay, Lord, why? He says, because in your pain, you feed my sheep. I Trust me. And I'm crying. There's no music. And all of a sudden when he said that, I realized that God sees me. When I show up feeding the sheep, do you know that one of the signs of loving God is when you show up and feed his sheep? It's a sign that's saying, I'm pushing through. Because of the word that's in me, I know that my pain is temporary, right? And so when Jesus said, do you love me to Peter, what did he say? In other words, do you love me? Show up. Feed. And I heard the Lord say, I know you love me. Boy, game over. God is good. When he affirms you like that, I said, okay, thank you, Lord. And, it, and, and so deep inner healing. Why do I say that? Now, please zoom in on me. 
I love, th- this year we've had uh, people like Pastor Derek and, and Kelani and, and, and the Scots and the Brooks. All of them are, are, are ministers. I'm, I'm skipping a lot. But for some reason this year, God brought, a lot, watch this, I'm going somewhere, a lot of seasoned people that are ready to serve quickly. Watch this. You better get this, get this, get this. But even them, whoo, they waited until they got cleansed and healed from their past. When they came in here, I saw, I saw Miss Darlene answer almost every altar call. And she didn't care. She needed deep inner healing, and she was a minister of the gospel. Why? Because we don't want to endure for a short time. we got to develop roots of inner healing. Make sure that we address the rocks in our soil. There's rocks in our soil that we can't ignore any longer. We cannot ignore any longer the rock of, of, of abuse. We can't ignore the rock of, of abandonment. We can't ignore the rock of disappointment and depression and feel like if you don't address it, it's just going to go all by itself. No, you need to have inner healing from burnout. And when you do, that root will go in. It will germinate a desire for you to serve. And when you serve, you won't last a short time. Jesus said the stony ground people, they only last for a short time because they have no roots in themselves. Today at RCC, I am challenging you to have two main roots developed in your life. Make sure that you have the scriptures and you're reading the scriptures and you're getting in the word. And number two, address your issues. Address the rocks in your soil. You, some of us, we got rocks in our soil, but we max, mask them with the, the other type of soil, which is called good works. Just because you do good. Or, or, or we hide behind our gift. I love gifts. But if you only hide behind your good gift and not identify your soil, you will get burned out and you will eventually not like what you are doing. I'm telling you, I'm prophesying this to you. You need to identify what's the rock in my soil. I may not have one rock. I may have five rocks. I may have three rocks. Emotional pain. That's the rocks in your soil. Watch this. This is is a beautiful thing. Once you identify them, you pick them up and watch this. Some of it's going to hurt because they're kind of rooted deep into that that thing. And you got to get it out, identify it, throw it away. And water it again. Here's the good news. If you're on stony ground, if you address the stones, you could move to healing. And you can move to being used. Come on, say amen. The rocks, I I, I quoted this. The the rocks in our soil are symbolic for hurtful and disappointment, disappointing experiences that have cluttered up our hearts and minds. These rocks of hurt and disappointment drastically delay the word of God to go deep and bring maturity and healing. Did you put that slide up? Because I don't know, because I was preaching so, so fiery here. The reason why we need biblical discipleship. Watch this. Oh, you need to share. You, you, you're going to love it. Teachers, you're going to love this. You know, by, by his expression, he, he already loved it. Watch this. The reason why we need biblical discipleship, training, and equipping. Come on. In our lives is to help us remove the rocks in our soil. You know what's going to remove the rocks? Disciple, discipling yourself. 
getting in the word. Because the word goes deep and goes, uh-uh, uh-uh, no, it's not. And that rock is going to go out. No, 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 I see you down there. You, no, you're hiding, you're hiding. But the word is going to grab that thing and you're going to say, no, that past that's deep down inside of me, that's not who I am anymore. I'm going to get it out and watch this. Now you're going to start growing. Do you know sometimes growing is, 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 is growing pains? Growing pains. I said this before, but years ago, my, my son came. I had a knee problem. And I was praying for it, and it kept happening, kept happening. No, I still have a knee. It's like deep in the knee right here. I'm like, did you fall? No. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit, he's growing. Sometimes growing requires hurt. Listen to this. This is, this is important what, before I go to the third ground, okay? Because people are zealous and excited and fiery in the beginning years with God, it tricks some of us to not identify the rocks in our soil. Hear me before I go to this third ground. Zeal, everybody say zeal, is sometimes one of the greatest masks to, uh, to not identify your rock. I'm, I'm, I'm going to preach here good here. Years ago, I made a mistake when I was a youth pastor, and I would look at the most zealous youth, and i say, I want that one on my team. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, Jesus. Woo, I want that one. They're zealous. They're fiery. Oh, they're going to shake the school for Jesus. I want that one. Boy, I got some of those, and there was, no, there was no desire for deep foundational. You know, six months, there was no fire after that, and it was hard. You know why? Because zeal alone is good. But if you don't have that balance of Scripture, your zeal will convince you that it's okay to start something when you still need some healing. <laughs> when you still need some equipping. Watch this. The only lasts for a short time, the Bible says, when pressure and tribulation comes, it produces a fall, hear me now, and sometimes a fallout of the Christian faith. Now, hear this, because the Holy Spirit spoke this to me last night. There's a difference between a fall and a fallout. Some people fall, they get back up. But some people, they don't address the rocks in their soil. The Bible says when pressure and, 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 and tribulation comes, they fall or fall away. What does that mean? They deny the whole Christian faith. There's a difference between falling in sin and saying, God, forgive me, then falling out and saying, I never want Christianity again. Can I hear an amen? amen? Let's either now, it's either now or never. Come on, right? It's either now or never. It's time to address the rocks. Before I go to the next one, please hear me now. What has been the rocks that have been in your soil for a long time? Don't respond. Just, just think about it. As we go into 2023, don't ignore them anymore. Have those hard conversations, even with your spouse. What are those rocks that are causing you to act like you act right now? Come on, say amen. All right, number three. Now, this is where I'm going to get deep. Are you getting something this morning? There's a third type of ground this morning. It's called thorny ground. Now, this is where I'm going to get really deep, so I need you to hone in. There's, a, there's the wayside ground, Christian. That's the one who hears the word and immediately at, 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 at Walmart or at chilies, they forget the seed. The seed was stolen. The second one is a stony ground, which they have no root in themselves. And we identify the roots are doctrinal teaching of the scriptures and deep emotional healing before you start something. And number three, the third ground is thorny ground. Everybody say thorns. Those of them who hear the word, the Bible says, they hear with gladness and they slowly, slowly start letting the word of God actually affect them. These are the ones who actually start staying a little longer in the walk with God, right? And they even desire uh, positions of leadership. Now watch this. 
but the Bible says their ultimate downfall. Please hear me. Because it's not how you start, it's how you finish. I want to finish strong, not start strong. We've got a lot of sprinters, but not a lot of marathon runners. That was free for you. That was not in my notes, right? A lot of us wants to sprint in the kingdom when this is a marathon. This is a race. You need to pace yourself. Now watch this. Please hear me. The ultimate downfall for the thorny ground Christian. They love God. The thorny ground Christian love God. They actually allow the word of God to get deep inside of them. They actually want to serve with pure joy. Here's what's the downfall. I used to say, oh, it's a worldly lifestyle. And that's correct to a degree. But as I read deeper in my studies, as I stared at this scripture more, as I pondered it more, as I read more, I realized that there's three main ingredients. Now, here's where I may lose you because I'm going to go layer by layer by layer. All describing thorny ground. That eventually choke the word that's in you. Now hear me, the word is in you. Everybody say the word is in me. Do you know that it's possible that the word in you could be choked? Hear me, by three ingredients in the thorny ground. Number one, it was the, the, the cares of this world. And we're going to do, do this, right? The cares of this world. That's what Jesus described. He said, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and desires of other things. I'm going to describe that. What are the cares of this world? Please listen to me. As I was studying, as I was praying, I realized the word care highlighted to me. It was like, it was like lifted up. Cares. And when I thought of cares, you know what I thought of? Burdens and worries. What are the cares of the, what is it? Put that slide up. The cares of this world speak of things that produce, hear me now, anxiety, worry, and weariness in our lives. Preach, Pastor George. I'm trying. The Listen, the cares of this world, hear me now, are the things that produce anxiety, worry, and weariness in our lives. That is, the, that is under the branch, the banner of the cares of this world. It's not just a worldly lifestyle. That's what I used to think. It's just a worldly lifestyle. It's more than just a worldly lifestyle. It's the cares of this world. And when I started breaking down that word care, is worry, is anxiety. So are the things in life that cause you the most worry and the most anxiety, all glory to God, or tiredness constantly are the threat to make you have the word of God choked in your life. What is causing you anxiety? Now, I wrote this in my notes because I don't want to be insensitive. If you're suffering from anxiety, worry, or constant weariness, one of the things you need to do is not stay silent. Because it's not just a spiritual thing. And I sympathize and empathize with people that are suffering with anxiety. That all, They think that all you got to do is rebuke it. That, listen, I, uh, I apologize for people that all they do is, oh, you need to rebuke that. Oh, you need to write. No, no, no. You just, yeah, you need, there's some spiritual things, but you need help. You need to talk to people. Those are things that could choke the word. And if you don't talk to people and you stay silent in your worry and your weariness and your anxiety, I trust me, it will eat you up. Don't believe the lie. Oh, I have to all rebuke it, rebuke it, rebuke it. No, no, no. That, that, that everything is like that. We become so spiritual that we don't apply practical things. God has raised up things. Do you know what James said? Confess your faults to another. Watch this. That you may be healed. Not the person that's speaking, the ones, listen, not just the person who's hearing it, the person who's speaking it. 
If I have rocks in my soul, if I have anxiety, I need to start talking to someone that's mature in the Lord. And the Bible says, as I talk it out, I start getting levels of healing. The cares, the cares of this world are symbolic of the things that, watch this now, guys. Please listen to me. And if you stay silent with anxiety and worry and weariness, it could cause you to make a permanent decision on a temporary feeling. Are you ready for this? Don't make a permanent decisions on temporary emotions. In the moment, you feel like you are drowning, and I get that. I get it. In the moment, you feel that you can't breathe. But if you make a decision in that moment, it could cause permanent consequences for a temporary feeling. That is what eventually Jesus says is one of the ingredients in the thorny ground. It's the worry, anxiety. Do you know that a thorny ground is, the, is, a, is made up of anxiety, spiritually, wor worry, worrying, how am I going to pay my bills, how am I going to do this, and it consumes you. The other thing you need to do is, is get away, this sounds really spiritual, but get away on purpose, maybe for half a day or a day, all by yourself, and just spend time with God. That sounds so simple, I understand that, but that will help you. Talk to someone. If you're suffering from anxiety, don't battle this on your own. Talk it out. Even though it's shameful, it is going to bring healing to you. Because each layer that you talk about it, you're going to get stronger. And the devil says, no. Remember what I said years ago, and I'll say it again because there's a lot of new people. The devil's power is in your silence. Don't stay silent. Don't stay silent. Come on, say amen. Amen. That's, that's, that's the first ingredient of the thorny ground. That's where I'm going to lose. I don't want to lose some of you guys. The second ingredient of the thorny ground, I'm still on thorny ground, all right? Hear me now, is the deceitfulness of riches. Now, this is all on thorny ground. What does thorny ground do? Review. Chokes the word inside of you. So these are people that are already saved for a while. The deceitfulness of riches are one thing that can, are attacking the word to try to choke it. I'm here to tell you, there's, there's things uh, trying to attack the word inside of you to choke it out. So you won't have life. You know what the deceitfulness of riches speak of? Real simple. The deceitfulness, deceitfulness of riches speak of the false promise that if you have more riches or more money, you'll be happier. The false promise that if, that's why it's called deceitfulness of riches. Anybody know what the meaning of deceit means? Lies. <laughs> deceit is lies. So when he says the deceitfulness of riches, he's not saying it's not, bad, it's not wrong for you to be blessed. We had a financial series. We know it's good. God wants us to be blessed. But it's the trap of the enemy to think, I do, I'll be much more happier in life and I would serve God much better if I had more money. And Jesus said, if you have more money, you may have more things. But that's not going to make your heart alive in me. You have to understand, church, that if you're looking for some way of promotion, that is great. But if you're using that to convince yourself that you'll be happier if you have a bigger this, a bigger that, bigger this, bigger that, it's a trap from the enemy. And that is what eventually chokes out the word of God. Praise God. And then the, th the third one, this is where I'm going to uh, uh, close with this. It's pretty deep because I never knew this third one. What was the third one if you're following along? Okay, you, should, you gave the answer right there. <laughs> the answer to the test. The third ingredient in the thorny ground is the desire for other things. Now, wait. Now, hear me now. Hear me. That almost seems like deceitfulness of riches, but it's not. The desire for other things, if you break that down real deep, 
is symbolic for spiritual idolatry forming in your heart. Creeping in. Listen, the desire for other things. Why? The desire for other things speak of spiritual idolatry. What is spiritual idolatry? Things that creep up to try to take God from being number one in your life. So the desire for other things could sometimes replace the desires for the Lord. And so when you desire things more like uh, working out, which is good, or uh, occupation, which is good, or, or even ministry, which is good, and if you, if you love that, spend time more with that than you do with God, slowly that what's happening is you are allowing spiritual idolatry to get a hold of your life. And that is what eventually, listen, chokes the word. Can I be honest with you? Sometimes ministry uh, is addicting. Ministry is addicting. If you're not careful, this addiction could, uh, could overtake you and be part of your identity. You know, I told somebody the other day, I'm not a pastor, I'm a man of God. <laughs> you know, because I don't want to get to a point, you know, even your family, how lo- we love family, if you're not careful, you will place your family above the things of God. And you love your family so much. You know, I had a hard time with Jesus. How many have sometimes a hard time when you have a little talk? Jesus, I need to talk with you. When he said, if you, you, if you, if you don't, if anyone doesn't hate their mother and father or sister, for, and for my sake they have no part of me, I'm like, oh, Jesus, come on, let's listen. What are you talking about? <laughs> and basically what that means is, I don't say you to hate them. I said, in, compare, in comparison of your love for me, it should be that far of a distance. You should love me with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Can I have news for the church? We're not in a phase here. This is not a phase. This is forever. And we're trying to go to the, we're trying to go up the mountain. Come on, say amen. The other things start taking, now watch. Here's where, here's where I, um, I understood this. The worship team could start coming up. The worship team could start coming up. To understand spiritual idolatry. Hear me now. I've never spoken this before, so do zoom in. To understand spiritual idolatry, you have to understand two words in Scripture. Someone's saying, and that baby is saying amen. (laughs) To understand spiritual idolatry, you have to understand two words in Scripture. Say, Say two words. Now, again, I've never said this, but in the Bible, there's two main roots of idolatry. Okay, watch this. You have to understand two main roots. What are they? They're stubbornness. And covetousness. Now wait. To understand. That's where I said I'm going to lose you. I'm going layer by layer. Thorny ground has all these things. We're in, we're in the thorny ground, right? Now the thorny ground, it, uh, it, it is desire of other things. It is the deceitfulness of riches. And it is the cares of this world. Now what is spiritual idolatry according to the Bible? Stubbornness and covetousness. Now we all know covetousness is the desire for other things. That's pretty easy to relate idolatry and covetousness. But I never heard stubbornness. Now some of you are looking at me. I'm not saying if you're stubborn every now and then, you know, you have a spirit of you know, idolatry on you, whatever. But stubbornness by definition is I know what to do and I'm not going to do it. By definition, stubbornness is I know what the word is saying and I'm not going to do it or I'm going to do it my way. You know, geez, God is not, a, a, you know, Burger King. He don't, you don't get things your way. <laughs> that was an old commercial for the older, right? Now, look at this. Do you know that the prophet Samuel looked at Saul, and I'm closing with this. Watch this. And he said, 
What's the famous, what's the famous scripture that we all quote, but we always misquote it? What's the famous scripture? When, when the prophet Samuel came to Saul after he knowingly disobeyed, God told him to kill everything, and he killed 99%, but he just kept King Agag and other people. He knowingly did that. What's the famous thing that we always say? Rebellion is as, and we stop there. But that's not all what the prophet Samuel said. You know what he said? Look it up. 1 Samuel 15, look what it says. For rebellion, and he's talking to, Sam, to, to King Saul after he willingly disobeyed. Watch what the God, God calls idolatry. And stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Wait a minute. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Church, do you see this? Is this a revelation for you? When we allow, what's stubbornness in the, in the spirit? When we develop hard hearts. Hardened hearts through life through disappointment, will develop into stubbornness. And what is stubbornness? I ain't going to do that. I know that. God is not real. He ain't healing me. We have had, me and my wife have had conversations, even last night, just be transparent. And we am studying. I've always studied on Saturday night. And that's the price you have to pay. That's the price I have to pay. I don't got to do it. I could say, you know what? I ain't going to study. And I'm just going to wing it for the church. You guys will eventually know <laughs> that I'm winging it. Right? But you know I'm giving you meat because I took days to prepare it for you. And we were, and she would talk and she was crying and she's like, man, sometimes, you know, I'm in pain, you're in pain. And it seems like God is just not answering our prayers. And we were just being transparent. And you know, when we were talking, I said, you know, the Lord is allowing this so that we could go, our hearts should go be tender and so that we could serve the Lord fully because we love God, not because we get anything out of it. Right? And you know what, what sometimes affliction does to you? It, it takes out stubbornness. Woo. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I told somebody just yesterday in the wedding, beautiful wedding that you, James and Raina had. We love you. Someone said to me, that was the most powerful, uh, you know, I felt the Holy Spirit, and I just looked at this person, and I said, uh-huh, thank you, thank you. Oh, man, God is really doing blah, 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 you know. I said, I'm a dead man. <laughs> what? I go, you don't know this, but there's an affliction that I've been suffering, and it's very painful, and it's made me humble. And for that, I said, I'm thankful. Sometimes God allows trials to remove stubbornness from you. Stubbornness, the Bible says, is the root of idolatry. You know what the second one was? Covetousness. What is covetousness? Covetousness is desiring something that you feel you need and sometimes that belongs to another person. That's what chokes the word. This is all in thorny ground, guys. This is all thorny ground. I don't want to lose you. I'm going to close with this. Look at Colossians. Look at the Apostle Paul. What does the Apostle Paul call covetousness? What, what does he say idolatry is? I never saw this. Therefore, put to death. Come on, you can read it with me. Colossians 3 verse 5. Your members which are on the earth, look at this, fornication, uncleanliness, passions, evil passions, evil desires, watch this, and covetousness, which is idolatry. My God. What? Now, I want you to read it again because some people say, oh, no, no, he's talking about all of them. If you would be talking about all of them, this is how we would read it. It would say, this, uncleanliness, passion, desire, covetousness, which are all covetousness, or which are covetousness. It says, 
covetousness, which is idolatry. He's highlighting that last part that if we are covetous, what is covetous? Not being thankful for what we have. That what we have whoo, is God's enough for us. For my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. Listen, that means that some people want to be in a higher level in the stratosphere, another lower. But guys, I think we need to learn how to live with the five loaves and two fish principle. That doesn't mean we can't get more. Does it mean we can't expand? But we need to, you know, Paul said, I've learned to be content. I learned to be a base. I learned to be a bound. And in all things, I give thanks. The Greek word, I'm closing, for covetousness is the word pleonexia which means a greedy desire to have more than what you really need and craving other person's possession. Watch this. So, so spiritual idolatry, this is where the, where the layer comes in, is stubbornness and covetousness produced by the reality in the desire for other things. <laughs> Listen, which happens to be three things that Jesus said was in thorny ground that choked the word. Have you identified these three things that are on stormy ground today? Now watch this. The last ground is the, it's the best ground. And I say the best for last. What's the last ground? Good ground Christian. The good ground Christian, I love this. Put that next slide up there. Are the ones that don't allow the other previous three spiritual grounds to stay in their life. The good ground person is not perfect. The good ground person, person is not the, the perfection of all them. The good ground Christian is this, that they recognize the wayside mentality and they say no when it's happening to them. They recognize the, the stony rocks that they have to identify to get roots within themselves. Before they have positions of volunteer, positions of leadership, they need healing. And they understand the thorny ground and the three things that are in the thorny ground. The cares of this world, anxiety, the desires for other things. Listen, and, and, and the deceitfulness, the riches. And the Bible says that when we get this in our hearts, we'll become good ground. What is good ground? Believers that resist those things and believers that resist the thorny because a good ground believes and hears the word of God and accepts it. Here's what happens. Watch this. Only this type of believer, the good ground, gets to reap the reward of the word being sown 30, 60, 100 fold. The good ground Christian is the one that says, you know what? I'm going to make some adjustments this year. And I'm going to get some watches, rocks out of my soil this year. I've had some rocks in my soil and I'm not going to delay anymore. In the past, I used to just sit down and not do anything about it. But I want the rocks out of my soil. You know what the, the good ground Christian says? He says, I'm going to stop being hard-hearted and stubborn. And I'm going to allow those thorns to be cut off of my life. And I'm going to allow the breath of God to come in so it won't choke the word anymore. I don't want the word to be choked in my family. I don't want the word to be choked in our church. I don't want the word to be choked in your life. Good ground people are the ones that produce fruit of righteousness. But we've got to till the ground. We've got to be the ones that say, God, bring your shovel. I know it's going to hurt. Bring that little uh, thing, whatever it says, and rake that thing out. It may hurt, but God is about to plant, listen to this, new seeds on grounds that you have prepared. He's waiting for the church to say, God, I'm ready. 
I'm giving you my stony ground. I'm giving you my thorny ground this year. And I'm going to enter this next year, 2023, on good ground so that immediately when I hear the word, I'm not going to delay and I'm going to produce fruit in my family, in my life. It's time for the good ground Christians to be produced. Come on. And let go of the thorns. Come on. Let go of the rocks. Let go of that disappointment. Today, God is calling you to be good ground. If you're hurting, it's okay. God wants to rake that thing out of you. Come on. I want to lift up your hands. Stand up to your feet real quick. We're going to worship God today. I don't want anybody to be embarrassed. Today, we want to make a decision. What rock are you in this morning? Are you in the the wayside ground? Are you a person that, listen to me, I say this in love, that you were forced to come here and you're the whole time I'm preaching, you're crossing your arms. I beg you to listen to the word of God today. Are you are you a stony ground person that has some rocks in your soil? Do you need some deep foundational truth? Do you need some inner healing? We're going to identify our rocks today. We're going to identify the rocks. Are you thorns? A little lower on the monitors, please. I want everyone to lift up your hands. Come on. And ask the Lord. What, what grounds you are in. Come on, lift it up. Lift it up. Come on, ask the Lord. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.